Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Bread of Life World Missions podcast. Today is October 7th, 2022. We are joined today by Pastor Salo in Colombia, Herbert Ospina in Colombia, Michael Young in Panama, Gary Mitchell in Kentucky, Tim Fogarty here in Florida. Today we're in the book of Exodus, chapter 2. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Buenos dias, Tim. Buenos dias. Okay. So, Salah, lay la primera versículo. Exodus 2. Okay. Es Éxodo capítulo 2, el verso 1. Ah, dice así. En español, un varón de la familia de Leví fue y tomó por mujer a una hija de Leví. Okay, now a man and of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him from, he hid him for three months. Got to keep reading? <clears throat> no, I think that's probably good. Uh, I was just going to do the first one, but the three is good, too. Okay. So uh, the first thing uh, that, that hit me out of this was in that first verse that it, it talked about is this was the house of Levi uh, that did that. La casa de Levi. La hija de Levi. Por la esposa y la esposa. Now, in Exodus capítulo 6, the nombres, ¿verdad? Mm -hmm. We have the names in uh, uh, chapter 6 of Exodus, of those two, and it's uh, Jacob and uh, Aram. I don't have it right in front of me right now, but uh, Aram. And it, it explained the birth order, that they were from Levi, the grandson, and these were the great-grandchildren, and they, they uh, married. So it wasn't a brother and sister even though it says son and daughter. No, as uh, hijo y uh, hija, uh, hermana y hermano. Okay. Uh, pero, oh. ¿qué significa la, uh, la Levi? ¿Qué es uh, especial de esto uh, uh, tribo? What's special about this tribe? Anybody want to jump in there? And why did, did it mention this? Do you see anything going on in there? In English or Espanol? Uh, Levites were the priests in the time, weren't they? They were the religious ones, and it, uh, um, the tribe of Levi was an important, in my opinion, was an important tribe because that's where the 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 teaching of the word came from. Was the Levites? It was from the tribe of Levi. So I'm assuming that this would be a holy person that's coming from this tribe. Yes, and uh, also they were not numbered among the twelve tribes. No, it's parte de los doce, ¿verdad? Mm -hmm. Levi was a part, uh, separate from those other 12. Mm -hmm. Yes. Correcto, Salo? Sí. Ok. Uh, le, le vi. Uh, es uh, muy, muy importante mirar que este hombre fue y escogió de su propia línea, ¿no? De, de la tribu de Levi. Muy, muy importante que preservó la
Exacto, exacto. I think they're very important too for that, for the priestly functions. And the fact that they aren't numbered. Now, I also see that they have, if you look at the 12 tribes, I always think of this as being all the people of the world are among them. And the tribe of Levi is representing the uh, the Jews, the whole nation of the Jews. And so it means that they're going to be the priests of the world, really, which is what they turned out to be. Uh, so I always see uh, Levi as the uh, tribu que es la, uh, la indicación es la tribu de los sacerdotes del mundo, el mundo com completo. A, uh, and now, ¿por qué es eso important? Why is that important that they're the tribes for the whole world, or that they're the priests for the whole world, at least until uh, Jesus comes? Well, it's important because of the death of Jesus. If you are the priest, who could offer the sacrifice? The priest. And only the priest at the time. The priest. Only the priest could offer the sacrifice, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So un, and that's under the law. Abajo la ley, solo la sacerdote puede ofrecer uh, la sacrificio. Entonces, when Jesus was killed, he was being offered by the priest. The Jews, right? Correct. So he fulfills the legal assignment that the priest would offer the sacrifice. And that was the important thing that I saw in here about that when it says that they're both of that. And of course, that changes when Jesus comes on the scene and uh, then the priest becomes the church. All the church becomes the priestly tribe and replaces Levi as that. But before then, it's all that. So that's why I saw it was important in there. And so then verse 2, the woman conceived and gave birth to a son. Y la mujer concibió y dio a luz a un hijo y vendiendo que era hermoso, no escondido por tres meses. Now this word that he was handsome, I think is pretty prominent too, uh, hermoso. It means that uh, the idea behind it, when you connect it through uh, the ancient writings, means that he was favored by God. Mm -hmm. And uh, not just a good-looking kid, but he was favored by God. And that's why he caused his mother and his father and everybody to really look upon him. You know, he carried Yeve and Dios in su character, in su a tienen unción here de Dios en su cuerpo. Creo que eso es la cosa más importante en eso. You had to connect this in Acts 7. If you remember in Acts 7 when you have Stephen and he's giving his testimony and uh, he talks about, well, you know, Moses was God-favored which I always thought was really interesting. Uh, in Hechos uh, 7, uh, in the Testimonio de Stephon, él dice, Moses tiene la favor de Dios. So esa es la idea, que él tiene una cantidad muy especial, very well favored by God and uh, what he was going to do and what he had to do. Okay. It goes on to say that he was hidden for three months, escondido por tres meses. 
And we run into that number three again. Do you remember anything about the number three, anybody? Herbert or Tim? That was the three, that? Similar to the three days that Jesus was uh, died and then he rose from the dead. The three is very important. Yeah. It's the resurrection. It's the rebirth. It's the really important number. Yeah, and so he's hidden uh, for this, this period of time. And we get the idea of Jesus when he was hidden. And all these are parallels with Jesus. Everything about Moses' life is a parallel with Jesus. Todo es igual con Jesús cuando habla de Moses. So escondido por tres meses. And Jesus was talked about as being hidden among all the people. Nobody recognized, even his disciples didn't recognize that he was a Messiah. So in that sense, he was hidden as well among his own people. So, la misma es verdad de Jesús escondido. Él está en pie, en frente de toda su gente y toda su familia, pero en la mismo tiempo es escondido. And so, aquí tiene Moses es escondido. Prophecy of Jesus, that he's going to be hidden, you know, that you aren't going to recognize him. You're not going to see him until after the time when he comes back the second time, and then everybody's going to know, right? That he's hidden from the family of Israel. Escondido de Israel. Okay, uh, how about verse uh, 3 then? Tim, we want to read that? Yes, uh, but, when she could, uh, but when she could hide him no longer, she got a paprius basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it along the reeds along the bank of the Nile. Okay. Hey, Herbert, en Pero no pudiendo ocultarle más tiempo, tomó una arquilla de juncos y la calafateó con asfalto y brea, y colocó en ella al niño y lo puso en un carrizal a la orilla del río. Okay. So, and I like what Herbert had to say, the, the Spanish word for that that he used was ark. Mm -hmm. And this was a type of ark, wasn't it? Absolutely. Same way that Noah's ark was built with tar and pitch. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, it carried the characteristics of uh, Noah's ark. So the ark in the Bible signifies, uh, you know, that it's going to be a place of salvation. La arco en la Biblia significa un lugar de salvación, ¿verdad? De todo que está adentro de la arca. Um, yo encontré cinco tipos de arca en la Biblia. I found five different types of discussions of the ark, and they all have the same characteristics. Todo tiene la misma character. La primera es, uh, por supuesto, arca de Noé. The first is Noah's ark, and as Tim was saying, that's exactly the way this was built too, it was smeared outside and inside with pitch to keep out water. And cuando pone la, well, cala fateo, asfalto e barria, it significa el Espíritu Santo en nuestro cuerpo también. Nosotros tiene el afuera y adentro y en todo partes de nuestro cuerpo. The Holy Spirit's in every part of our body, all through our body. And for this one, we can see that he's, uh, uh, he's preserving us and taking care of us. And, and so we see that the water is a type of death, isn't it, Tim? 
Yes, it is. That's like where you're buried in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. That's when you're baptized. The death is the water, and then when you're raised from the water, it's like um, it's the resurrection, and it's the new life we have with Christ. Exactly, exactly. And so here the now with all those big uh, crocodiles that they have in there, you know, that's how dangerous is that. And of course, the Pharaoh's commandment was that they would throw all the male children in the now to the crocodile food. And uh, here he was in the now. And I've always wondered why she decided to put him in the basket in there. But for us, we understand that it's a type of salvation. It's un tipo de salvación. Um, so we have the Ark of Noah, we have uh, Moses' Ark, uh, we also have uh, the Rainbow, which is an upside-down Ark, the Arca Eres is uh, un Arca también, la uh, colores de eso, uh, do you remember what the colors signify, Tim, in that one? I don't remember. Uh, the colors signify all the different people of the world, different colors of people of the world, they're all invited and any color, any nation, any language, any tongue can gather in that ark. And that's why it's different colors in the rainbow. Uh, remember, the ark signified the promesa de Dios. Uh, the promesa of God was in the arcoides. It significa toda la gente, no importa la color, la nación, la lengua. Todo tiene una invitación a entro en la arca. So the rainbow is perhaps one of my favorite, but... We know it's a place of safety, it's security, it's uh, it's salvation. Um, the fourth ark that we see uh, that's presented is, uh, of course, when Jesus was born. You remember he was put in a manger, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, in a manger. And uh, that manger, um, uh, can you picture in your mind what's the shape of the manger? Well, we believe that what Mary was actually in was a, a cave and they hollowed out the manger out of the stone wall in there, which would be a scooped out place. Creemos que cuando Jesús está, cuando Jesús nació, él está en un lugar donde él tiene la piedra en ella Pone a hueco en eso por darle alimentación a los animales. And so eso también es la figura de un ark. And that also, that manger is a figure of the ark. And especially with the body of the baby in there. You know, it's saying this baby is going to be your salvation. You can come to this ark and be saved. Eso arca es salvación cuando Cristo está dentro de nuestra arca. Uh, that's what I get to see out of that and so forth. And, and then the last one is any boat that Jesus got in in the New Testament. Cualquier uh, bota que Jesús entró es un arca también. So you find those uh, those five arcs that are in the Bible um, that are there. So uh, And all signify that his disciples get in the boat with him. He's the one that's in the uh, in there. He's the one that offers salvation, and he protects us from the water, which is death. And so the ark is really special. And so here we're seeing it again. It's saving his life. It's saving the life of Moses, and signifying that cualquiera entró en la arca tiene vida, and aquellos que no tienen la arca 
tiene muerte porque ella es uh, hundirse en la río. Okay, so this is it. All right, so then uh, how about uh, verse, uh, the next verse in English verse, Tim? Okay, his sister stood at the distance to see what would happen to him. Okay. La hermana de Moses. ¿Cómo se llama uh, la hermana de Moses? What was her name? Do you remember? Miriam. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, Miriam is uh, a name. Uh, you know that uh, Joshua is the same as the name of Jesus, right? It's a sure. form of it. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, the name that comes from Miriam, as you might guess, is Mary, Mary. right? Yes. Yeah. And that's not backstand. Uh, la nombre de Miriam is también Mary. So, eso no es un accidente. And the name of Mary or de Miriam significa jewel of the sea, hoja del mar, or uh, estrella del mar. Uh, also, it means the, uh, um, uh, the bereaved one, the sorrowing one. Mm -hmm. And so you say, well, those seem to be two extremes. Uh, los nombre, uh, la nombre significa uh, las cosas importantes en su vida. E para Mary, María, ella tiene tristeza con uh, hijo uh, Jesús cuando crucificó. Uh, crucific, y uh, también tiene gozo porque es hijo de uh, uh, Jesús, uh, hijo de Dios. Entonces tiene los dos cosas juntos, ¿verdad? So I, I just see that as being really special that Miriam and uh, Mary share that common thing. Entonces, cuando ve en capítulo 12 de Apocalipsis uh, la figura de Israel, mucha gente dice, oh, no, es de la persona que da la luz, dio la luz a Jesucristo, es María. Well, you could say it's María, or you could say it is uh, Miriam, or you could say it's the nation of Israel, because all of them really gave birth to Jesus. He came from the nation, and of course he came from Mary, and this is... Uh, Miriam. So we're going to see that. And uh, the other thing about Miriam that's so important in here is where was she, Tim? Mm, she was, oh, she was watching from a distance. Yeah. And so if we do connect it with 12, then that means that she is kind of like the nation of Israel. We've already made a connection between her and the nation of Israel. I connection entre ella y la nación de Israel, ¿verdad? So, ella está aparte, mirando. And doesn't that kind of indicate what Israel would do with Jesus? Mm -hmm. They would watch him from afar. They yep. wouldn't be involved with him, but they're going to be watching from afar and watching what happens. Mirando de uh, aparte, mirando todas las cosas de Jesucristo. Pero no está listo para exactarlo. Pero aparte, mirando todo el time, all the time, watching and uh, looking and saying, what's going to happen with this boy? And so I, I think that that's what that, that's going to indicate to us in there. Maybe I'm getting a little too deep on that, but no, that's but what I see in it. The, the, the sister, well, the same as Mary is watching Jesus the whole time. She basically gave birth to him, and then she watched him afar and saw his ministry. She really didn't have much input. She was just watching him and seeing him doing what he was doing and, and becoming who he was going to become. 
And, and you know, there's also another part in there, Tim. Uh, in the Gospels, we see uh, where Jesus, uh, and the famous part about this is Jesus says, who are my mother, who is my mother, who is my brothers and sisters? And he's talking in the other room. And they came in and said, hey, your mothers and brothers are outside looking for you, right? Yeah. And he said, who is my brothers? Now, the verse before that, maybe you've seen it, maybe not, but it says, they came to take Jesus away because they thought he was crazy. Mm-hmm. And so they were going to come grab him and take him away. And Mary was part of that group, which means she was really watching from afar, afar también. Entonces en la Nueva Testamento encontremos que Jesús está hablando de un grupo de gente. Y dice, ah, oh, su madre y su hermanos está afuera. That was it. They were afuera. They were apart. They were outside, afuera. And Jesus said, ¿Quién es mi hermano? ¿Quién es mi madre? Todo que hace la obra de Dios. Which meant that Mary in that time wasn't doing the work of God, was she? She was like Miriam here. She was standing apart. Es aparte. Para mí es muy interesante. That's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the next verse, verse 5. Uh, y la hija de Perón bajó a bañarse a Nilo, y mientras sus doncellas se pasaban por el ribera del río, vio la cestilla entre los juncos, y mandó a una criada suyos para que lo trajera. You want to read it now, Tim? Then Pharaoh's daughter went down the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. Okay. Would you read the, uh, uh, the next one as well? Yep. Uh, she opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Okay. Y abrila vio el niño... respondió si ve Y la muchacha fue y llamó a la madre del niño. Y la hija de Ferón le dio, Llévate a este niño y críemelo, y yo te daría tu salario. Y la mujer tomó al niño y lo creó. Cuando el niño creció, ella lo lleva a la hija de Ferón y vino a ser hijo suyo. Y le puso por nombre Moses, diciendo, pues, lo es sacado de las aguas. Uh, do you want to continue reading from where you stopped uh, down to verse 10, Tim? Yeah. And including verse 10. Sure. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. 
She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Okay. Uh, quiero que nosotros pensar en todo y necesita ver todos los and uh, make comments on it there. Talk about the law for a second in this. I think it's really important that we, we look at the law. What was the law? Laws Pharaoh what? made the law, right? Yep. ¿Qué fue la ley? La palabra de Pharaoh. Eso es la ley. ¿Qué dice Pharaoh? What did Pharaoh say? Echa todos los niños en el río. Throw all the baby boys in the Nile. Right, he's afraid okay, of this was the law. Yeah, because he was afraid of losing his power and someone would take overthrow him. Yeah. And so what does that what does that say to us about uh, 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 the law? Uh, it says that we have the concept in the Bible of the innocent victim, don't we? Mm -hmm. Victima innocente in la Biblia. Porque los niños no hacen nada mala, ¿verdad? Hey, you know, no, uh, uh, tiene la sentencia, sentencia uh, del juez uh, de muerte, pero la ley es muy mala, hey, no es uh, justo. So the law wasn't fair, uh, but it was the law, no matter whether it was fair or not, it's the law. Now, how would you connect that with what we commonly talk about the law? Well, la ley de nosotros, la ley de Dios, Dice, cualquier persona que no guarde todos los mandamientos de Dios tiene, la, tiene muerte. The law that we live under with God says everybody that doesn't follow and keep all the laws have a death sentence. Mm -hmm. And that's it. I mean, and we may not like that law, but that is the law, right? And it can't be broken. God will not break his own law. Correct. And so the gospel is how God gets around his own law, keeping his own law at the same time, saving the people that he wants to save. And that's, in a nutshell, is the gospel. How do I do this? How does God do it? And it's marvelous, of course, how he does it by having Jesus, who did keep the law, die for us in our place. And uh, therefore, we're, we escape the condemnation of the law But that. Uh, you know, la victima inocente, uh, como nosotros uh, ve mucho veces en la Biblia. Uh, Daniel tiene eso también. Daniel was an innocent victim when he was thrown in the lion's den. Porque uh, Nebuchadnezzar dice uh, un ley. Él dice algo, eh, es un poco estúpido. <laughs> Necesita adorar el rey. You need to worship the king for the next 30 days. And Daniel wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the three friends of uh, Daniel, Abrat, Meshach, and Abednego, los tres amigos de Daniel también, son víctimas inocentes, ¿verdad? Porque hecha en la fuego, la estofa de fuego, pero no hace nada mal, solamente rechazo adorar a un hombre como Dios. And only because they did that. So we have, Dan we have Jeremiah in the same way as an innocent victim. And certainly we have Christ as an innocent victim. Cristo también, a victima inocente. Yo no hace nada digno de muerte. Muerte de la cruz, ¿verdad? So he's an innocent victim. Now, in our case, how are we an innocent victim? 
Well, somos victimas inocente porque, remember the Bible says we're even born in sin? Yes. Yeah. What does that mean, Tim? Have you ever thought about that? Well, the original sin was born in sin because, um, because exactly Adam Eve, Adam and Eve, that, that was the sin that was committed and we have that curse. It's the curse of the sin of Adam and Eve is with us no matter what. We're all born with it. See, and I believe that too. You know, so you got an innocent baby on the Nino Innocente, dos días or tres días or un día uh, después se uh, uh, tiene luz. El tiene pecado, porque de la pecado de Adam y Eva, because of Adam and Eve's sin, we carry that original sin, as Tim was saying there a minute ago. So we're born in sin, in the original sin. So in that sense, we are an original victim, or an innocent victim. But as soon as we learn about sin, uh, we pretty much justify being put to death anyway with our own sinful actions. Yep. <laughs> uh, every one of us is sinful. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but we are an innocent victim when we first born. Somos uh, victimas inocente cuando empecé, pero muy pronto después eso. Cuando aprende de la ley, todos nosotros uh, tenemos pecas en that, nuestra vida. That's why Jesus loved the little children, because the little children, they weren't old enough to understand the truth of the law and understand all the things so that they would inherit the kingdom of God because they're so young, they don't know what's the difference between right and wrong on a lot when they're very young. You know, you don't know yet. You haven't been taught. So you're basically innocent. But, you know, until you're old enough to understand, then that's the time of a life where you make the decision whether to stay and follow Jesus or continue to sin and, and be in your and and just justifying it all the time like we always do. And Yeah. Okay. All right. So then here we see that uh, uh, Jesus is an innocent victim of this thing. And uh, 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 now we've already said that Miriam is going to be a type of Israel. Miriam, uh, un tipo de Mary, un tipo de la nación de Israel. E todo, and ella es aparte. Ella es uh, uh, ve todo que pasa. And here we have, though, the daughter of Pharaoh. And isn't that interesting? La hija de Pharaoh. Ella quebra la ley. She breaks her dad's law, doesn't she? Mm -hmm. And she pulls the baby out, which is supposed to be killed. Ella saco la bebé. Y la bebé tiene la sentencia a la uh, juicio de muerte. But she pulls him out. She saves his life. Ella da salvación a ella. A no tiene culpable. How come Pharaoh's daughter wasn't considered guilty? And this is a, a, a thing that really is important to see down here. Why was she not considered guilty? Did she break the law? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but why is she not considered guilty? She's related to Pharaoh. Uh, She's his daughter. Oh, uh, yeah. Ah, so we get the, the idea that a relation, the relationship saves you from the law. And that's what it's pointing out. That's the hidden thing in here. A relationship saves you from the death sentence. Relacion, la hija de Pharaoh, es la hija. Y por eso, 
ella no es culpable porque él tiene una relación. So la principio uh, o la idea es una persona que tiene la relación con el rey escapó culpable. The person that has the relationship with the king escapes condemnation. Mm. And so who is the king? Jesus. Well, God is a king. Uh, mm -hmm. And we escape condemnation because in one sense, we're Pharaoh's daughter, aren't we? Yes. A bunch of Gentiles, gentiles, pero escapó porque nosotros tenemos una relación con el rey, el rey Dios, because we have a relationship with God the Father. We escape the condemnation, the guilt, and all that. Okay, you want to continue on, Tim? Hey, uh, isn't that interesting though? Don't, have you ever looked at that? Never thought that way. That's amazing how you, I never, when you read the story, you just don't, you just, you just bring, you know, read by it and you just think it's just a, just, you know, she's just disobeying her father. You don't see the whole part of it. Yeah. And, and yeah. They weren't there. So, because she's following law. The same as in today's society, you know, the laws are getting stricter and stricter on a lot of things. And there's going to be a time we have to obey our, our authorities and we have to obey our laws. But there's going to be a point in time where we have to make the decision. Are we going to follow God's law or are we going to follow man's law? Yeah. And, and like and you saw Paul, he was doing what he was doing and they didn't like it. He was doing they didn't like what he was doing and they throw him in jail. And all the other disciples were thrown in jail because they were following God's God's Christ's direction because they were saved and following his direction. And they weren't following man's law, and they were going against it. There's going to be a time where we're going to be going against man's law, and uh, it's going to be a big. That's going to be the you know it'll be the test because are you going to fall and just agree with man, or are you going to follow Jesus and follow what God says? Exactly. Yep. Yep. We talked about the innocent victim, and we talked about uh, how uh, the relation. If you have a relationship, you escape judgment. Hablábamos de la víctima inocente uh, también. Hablaba de cómo una persona que tiene una relación con el rey escapó todo capable abajo. Uh, but also I want you to see that we talked about Miriam being afar off and representing the nation being far off from the Ark of God. La nación de Israel como Miriam es aparte de uh, la salvación de Dios uh, en la Arca. In Larka, but here you have a Gentile, an Egyptian, an Egyptio, Laiha, and she's opening the basket. Mm -hmm. now, can you think of that in terms of what we see in the book of Acts? In the Libro de Hechos, is la misma cosa, verdad? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we see that Israel stood back, they forced Jesus' church, early church, out. And the basket is opened by the Gentiles, Pharaoh's daughter, or, you know, as we look in Paul's journey uh, and the Gentiles, yep. nations, and they looked it up and they adopted it. It's the mystery. It was the mystery that was revealed is the same as the taking the baby out of the basket, removing it yeah. is the same as opening up that mystery that was hidden. And now the Gentiles and the rest of the world can hear the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And not only it said she called him son. Ella se llama mi hijo. La gentiles tiene su hijo. Adopción de Jesucristo en la vida de nosotros. And later on, you know, and that's that last verse in there. 
She says, uh, I'm going to give him the name of Moses, and he is going to be my son. Vino a ser hijo suyo, her son. So if she represents the Gentiles, which she does, it represents the art going out into the world, the Gentiles accepting it. Los uh, gentiles acceptalo, uh, la evangelico de Dios. En nosotros tiene, en medio de nosotros, Jesucristo como Salvador. <laughs> Pero Israel todo el tiempo es aparte. Es aparte. Pero ellos a la primera, da la pecho a Jesús. It was reared in Israel. You know, they, they had that relationship at the very first. That's what it means when it says that his mother actually nursed him, and then she had to give him over to him. So Israel raised Jesus, but then they rejected him. He has to go to the Gentiles because of his rejection and becomes the son of that. And ella se da la nombre de Moses, que significa... Uh, Sacado de las aguas. They gave him the name of Moses, which means brought out of the water. Again, we see the importance of a name. Como importante es la nombre. ¿Qué es la nombre? Moses saco de la, de la agua. Uh, because Moses' life is going to be taking out, right? He's going to be taking out his people from under the Egyptians, just as he was taken out. Moses, la obra de Moses es de saco la gente de Israel, de Egipcio. That's la misma cosa. Okay, Tim, your turn. Verse 11, I guess, huh? Yep, and one thing I want to add, well, you added, but sure. he was drew out of the water. That's what his name Moses was. It's a similarity of Moses being drawn out of the water. Is And we know water is the sin and hell. And then he was taken yes. out. He was taken out. Just like, oh, yes, good insight. Just like Jesus was taken out out of out of the hell and brought and raised to life, so the, so yeah. drawing out of water is a really great significance for Moses as Jesus. So yeah. Entonces en español Tim dice que la agua es muerte y cuando saco Moses de la agua significa saco de muerte saco nosotros de muerte. And pony in the casilla. La casa de perro. So, escapó la muerte. Tiene vida. No vida, pero vida abundante. Eso es el mensaje de Tim. Okay, Tim, thank you. Man, that's great insight. Yeah. Okay, I'll do uh, verse 11. Um, okay, I'm going to be quiet for about a minute. Okay. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched him at the land, at, the, uh, at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Verse 12 says, looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Verse 13 the next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? Verse 14, the man said, who made you the ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you have killed the Egyptian? And Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. 
Michael. Okay, Tim. Gracias. I read from uh, uh, 11 through 14. Ah, okay. Y uh, 11 en español. Aconteció que en aquellos días, crecido ya Moses, salió a donde sus hermanos y vio su duro trabajo. Vio un egipcio copiando a un hebreo, a unos de sus hermanos. Entonces, miro alrededor y cuando vio que no había nadie, mató al egipcio y lo escondido en la arena. Y al día siguiente salió y vi a, a dos hebreos que riñen. Y dije al culpable, ¿por qué copias a tu compañero? Y él respondió, ¿Quién te has puesto de presencia o de juez sobre nosotros? ¿Está pensando a matarme como mataste al egipcio? Entonces Moisés tuvo miedo y dijo, ciertamente se had divulgado el asunto. Cuando Ferón se enteró del asunto, trató de matar a Moisés. Pero Moisés huyó de la presencia de Ferón y se fue a vivir a la tierra de Marian. Y allá se sentó junto al apóstol. Uh, Jesus came into his own, as it says in John 1, right? Mm -hmm. And his own received him not. And you can certainly see that in this, can't you? Yeah. He came into his own and he said, hey, why are you beating up your brother? And what did the guy say, the guilty guy? Que dice el hombre culpable? Quien hace el rechazo. He rejected Moses completely. Mm -hmm. Rechazo Moses completamente. So, Jesus, in the same way, Jesus viene a su propio familia, su propio hermanos uh, en la nación, and ella también le rechazó. They also rejected Jesus in the same way that Moses is going to. So we see the first ministry of Christ in this short few sentences here, that he went out to try to liberate his brothers, and he was successful in trying to liberate them. You know, he liberated the one man, from the Egyptian, uh, Jesus, uh, Moses, da liberación a la uno hombre uh, bajo la uh, golpeado de los egipcios. So hay liberación en esto sentido, ¿verdad? There was liberation because he liberated the Jew from that Egyptian there. Uh, then because he was liberating him, he was still rejected this first time. So we're seeing that he is going to be forced to flee because he sought to liberate the Jews in his work of liberation. Uh, él tiene, él necesita huir de otro país porque él quiere dar liberación a la gente y la gente rechazo como este hombre aquí. ¿Me entiende? Yeah, you understand that, don't you, Tim? You can see how he's being rejected, just like Jesus is rejected. And that's the pattern we're seeing. I see that. What is the, the significance of him killing the Egyptian? Is it the same thing as Jesus basically? His ministry, Jesus is the ministry of Jesus. Yep. The ministerio de Jesus is da libertad. It's giving freedom. Defeating Satan. The ministry against oh. the demons and the uh, uh, dark forces, Satan's control. 
perfect. Good. At least that's how I see it, anyway. Yeah, that's why I see too defeating the Egyptian, and because he's defending the uh, the the Hebrew, and that's basically what Jesus did for us on the cross. He's defeated. He's defeated Satan and the dark forces, and he's here, and he's here to represent us. He's here to save the the Hebrews and to save the world. Same same idea. It's basically the same as I see him saving the world. Is he's doing? He's saving saving the the Hebrew. Hey, porque el da salvación tiene rechazo, rechazar su nación, and because he gave liberty to them, he was still rejected by the nation. Yes. But the good news is. El vendrá segunda vez. Good news is he's coming a second time, Amen. and he hasn't given up the idea of freeing his people, the Jews, just as he's freed the Gentiles. And we'll see in this next section about him freeing the Gentiles again. The idea of freeing the Gentiles. Pero él da liberaciones cuando vino vendrá segunda vez. Él da libertad a todo de Israel como yeah, tiene libertad a todos los que lo acepta. All right. Okay, so then we're down to where he is going to skip, and it said uh, he was uh, he went to live in the land of Midian, in verse uh, fifteen. Allá se sentó junto a la pozo. Uh, he was sit, uh, seated beside a pool, uh, a, a well, actually, more than a pool. And, and there's that figure of the well that we see all through the Bible, and we've talked about it several times. Uh, la figura de un pozo significa agua que viva. It signifies living that's available in that well. But you've got to be willing to accept that living water. Necesita aceptar la agua que vida. Hay una persona que está allá. And esta persona se llama Moses. This person is like Moses. He's ready to draw the water and give it to you. Mm -hmm. You've got to accept it. You've got to ask for it. Necesita pide por Jesús and recibió la agua de vida que Jesús nos ofrece. Y aquí en eso es junto a la La persona de Moses, pero la iglesia es la cuerpo de Jesucristo. Hace lo mismo. So cuando la iglesia fue a otros países, when the church went out into the Gentile lands, they're basically sitting in the well of living water, ready to give the living water to the people of those nations. Okay, that's what I see with him sitting there. Yeah. Absolutely. And... Um... I might be jumping ahead, but on verse 17, it says, Some shepherds came along and drove them away. But Moses yes. got and came to their rescue and watered their flock. So Mo Moses, or God, came to their rescue and watered their flock, gave them the living water. You know, uh -huh. so Moses got up and came to their rescue. That's what Jesus said. He came to our rescue. He came to our rescue and watered their flock. He gave the living water. To his, to his followers, like the disciples in the upper room, felt the Holy Spirit come upon them after Jesus was resurrected and felt the Holy Spirit, same as Paul felt it, the same as we feel it. He watered the flock. Yes, sir. I think you got it. And, of course, Jesus isn't in the person of Jesus. He's the head of the church. So 
the body of Jesus is actually doing this work under the guidance of Jesus. Uh, la cuerpo de Jesús es la iglesia. La cabeza, Jesús está en cielo, por supuesto, pero la obra que él el dirigido a nosotros a hacer está aquí. La iglesia tiene esta obra. Y nosotros vamos, como Tim dice, vamos a dar la agua. Y, uh, hay otras personas, uh, the, uh, uh, shepherds, as he said in here, the other shepherds that want to stop it. And, of course, we know exactly who those other shepherds are going to be. They're going to be agents of Satan, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. And then uh, and then you mentioned the church. The church is the disciples in the Bible because there was, you know, there was not really a church, but the disciples created the church. And the church is the people, and that's us. And our job is to share that living water with everybody in our path. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Um, now we go by. He sat it by the pool in verse 16. El sacerdote de Marian tiene siete hijas, los cual fueron a sacar agua y llenaron los pilas para dar beber el rebaño de su padre. In English, Tim, 16. 16. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water and to their father's flock. Okay. Uh, and now we see that magic number seven, and we see that he had seven daughters. Tiene siete hijas. La número siete es muy, muy importante. Recuerda? Yeah. Yep, a completion. Muy recuerda. Uh, muy importante. Uh, porque en Apocalypse, capítulo 1, in Revelation chapter 1, we find that God and before God are the what? You remember? The seven spirits seven of God. Spirit. The seven spirits of God are there with God. And después dice las siete espíritus de Dios, uh, encontramos que cada espíritu va a las siete iglesias. So cada iglesia tiene uno de los espíritus de Dios. So right after that, we see that the seven spirits are connected with the seven churches. So each church has the spirit involved with them, right? Mm -hmm. You see that? So again, we see the connection, the number seven and the church. La conexión entre la número siete y la iglesia. Eso es la verdad. So we're seeing here seven daughters, siete hijas aquí. Symbolismo que la iglesia de nuevo. So we have the early church, which comes out of Israel, and they are responsible for starting the major church, which we recognize by the seven daughters. That they have given them life by sharing the water of life with them. Mm -hmm. So the symbolismo is que las siete hijas son las siete iglesias. Ella tiene vida. Porque ella recibió la agua de vida de la iglesia que fue de Israel. So la iglesia creciendo, creciendo, creciendo. Aquí es cada dos partes, pero de veras es solamente una parte. So we see the church growing as it grows into these seven daughters. Okay. And uh, I think we covered that pretty well. Absolutely. 
so the girls go back home and they said, uh, their dad says, how'd you get back home so quick? And they said, uh, well, this Egyptian guy helped us out. He gave us his water to water our flax. Um, and La Padre said, uh, well, where is the guy? Why didn't you bring him back? And uh, why did you leave this man there? Why didn't you bring him into your home? You should have invited him to eat something. And so Moses wound up coming into their home. And that's that's what we have with God. Excuse me. That's what we have with God. Uh, we invite him to come in. When we receive the water, the church receives the water, we receive him and he comes in and lives in our home, you know? Yep. Same, uh, same as the analogy that uh, if you knock, the door shall be opened, you know? Knock and you, I will, you know, I will open, a door will be opened. So that's the same thing, entering into the house, same same analogy. Wow. Yeah, that's right, Tim. I, I, that's great. That's great insight on your part. Yeah. So he, he did go into their house and he began to stay with them and to eat with them and to live with them from that time on, like God does with us. Dios entró en nuestra casa, viva con nosotros, está con nosotros constantemente, presente. En su vida, Cristo es presente ahora, está esperando en ti. El todo tiempo hace eso, tú hace otra. So we see that when Christ lives within us and lives within our house, so to speak, it's like a husband and wife living together. You do some things and Christ does some things and you do some things in relationship to what he's done for you and he does some more things and so forth. Back and forth, it's that dance almost. Es un bayarse que Cristo hace con nosotros en nuestra vida de este punto adelante. Okay. So then, what do we got next, Tim? He lived uh, with them, moved into their house. Yep. Then they, um, then Moses uh, agreed to stay. Then the, um, the, then he gave a daughter. He gave his daughter uh, Zipporah to Moses in marriage, and she gave birth to a son, and, and and his name was Gershom. And I have become a foreigner in the land is what it means. The son. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see that Moses winds up having two sons, isn't he? Yeah. 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 And uh, that's that famous number two that we see all through the Bible again. And so God makes sure that we see it. It's right here signifying his sons that he's got in the Old Testament. He's got two sons in the Old Testament. And those two sons are called Israel and Judah. And he shows us he's going to have those two sons in all the Old Testament by episodes of men having two sons over and over and over again from Adam all the way down. And, uh, of course, here we're seeing two sons. What do you think the significance of the, of the, of his name? I have become a foreigner and I've become a foreigner in a foreign land. Is he going to, is Zephorah, I'm sorry, is Geshem the bad son or the good son? <laughs> uh, well, uh, la Biblia no dice nada de los hijos de Moses, uh, it doesn't say a whole lot about the son. Yeah. And it never says they were bad or good. It mm -hmm. just says they were the two sons. Now, what are they representing? 
the two kingdoms. What are the two sons in the New Testament? The two sons in the New Testament are Jesus and the church. Church, yeah. Yeah, and so they're they're not going to be they're not going to be considered bad. They're going to be considered very fruitful, as a matter of fact, and uh, a lot of that. So the wife is the, the the womb of the church, so to speak. Zapora is la uh, la matriz de los hijos, la iglesia, a dalus, meaning that they're going to go out and they're going to evangelize a whole lot and bring in, and they're going to raise up children. Which are going to call Christians, crece <laughs> cristianos. Amen. Okay, are we done? Sí, señor. Yep, we are done today. Thank you, Michael, and all people who participated in our podcast this week. Thank you for joining us on Bread of Life Radio Network podcast. Check each week for new Bible studies, and soon to be on International Radio Panda Vida Radio in the future. Thank you for joining us today, Michael, and everybody else. God bless you. All right, Tim. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.